So, you know, a lot of the refugees too, you know, they maybe were, you know, doctors, lawyers, scientists, um, other things in their home countries. And now we're driving a taxi. Maybe they're working in a restaurant. Maybe they are, um, you know, basically having to spend their life doing uh, manual labor, which they never had to do before in their own country. So I think we need to be very careful and sensitive when we see someone who is a refugee or someone who is an immigrant, that the reasons why may not always be as easy as we think they are. Hi, this is Anita from the Dusty Roads podcast or from our blog, A Bus on a Dusty Road. We're all about living life as a global citizen, and we hope that you will join with us as you try to live your life as a global citizen. You know, being a global citizen doesn't mean that you need to necessarily live and work or travel overseas. In fact, you know, it could just simply be that you care and you're concerned about the world and that you want to learn more about the world. I've recently done a podcast about this that you can listen to, and I also have some blogs about what it means to really be a global citizen. I feel it's important for all of us to be able to understand this. You know, one of the things that a lot of people ask some questions about, like, why do some people call themselves expats or expatriates and don't call themselves immigrants? You know, what does it really mean to be an expat? And now as we're looking at some of the things that are taking place, you know, around the uh, world, especially in Europe, I want to talk a little bit about what it means to be a refugee, because those are all kind of like three different things. They don't necessarily all have to mean exactly the same thing. An expat, which is also known as an expatriate, is someone who usually goes overseas to a foreign country to work. They're, and they're there in that country for a specific period or a specific amount of time. The word expat you know, refers to an educated, usually educated professional, skilled professional, an artist taking up a position outside their home country either independently or because somebody has brought them there or their employer, you know, has asked them to go. One of the key things here to remember is that usually an expat has some education. In fact, here in Vietnam, even for me, for my working permit, my residency, all of those other things, I really have to show the government that I'm qualified. They want to see my education. They want to see my resume. They want to see that I have the skills that's required to basically call myself an expat or an expatriate. Most countries around the world will want to be able to see the same thing, that they want to know that you're just not, but you're not like a laborer, that you're going there for a specific purpose. You have a specific skill. There's a reason why you need to live in their country. They want to be able to know that, that you will either be... um that you were sent there for a specific reason. You were sent there to work for your company because there's a specific job that they need you to do or there are specific skills you have. You know, sometimes the term expatriate has been referred, used to refer to anyone who chooses to live outside their native country. You know, so sometimes there's people that have decided to retire overseas and they may call themselves expats. Uh, there may be people who, for some other reason, have decided to live overseas. You know, that, and they may also call themselves expats. The word expat comes from the Latin word ex and then uh, patria, which really means, you know, out of, ex, which means out of, and patria, which means your native country. So expat really means out of your native country or away from your motherland or your fatherland. 
An expat usually maintains their cultural ties with their own country. And, you know, I know for those of you who are Americans that might be living overseas or considering to live overseas, America, as do a lot of the other foreign embassies, whatever nationality you are, has programs where they ask and they want the expats to basically register with them so they kind of know who you are. And if something happens or they need to alert you about something, they can send it to you. So an expat is somebody who will maintain the ties of their own country, and they'll usually keep their passport of their country, and they will not become a citizen of the new country. So the hard part about, you know, expat and knowing how many expats they are, there are is there's really no census, there's no way to record them. And like I said, whether you decide to register with your embassy um, is voluntarily, you, you can volunteer to do that. I know as an American citizen, they don't force you to do it. You can decide whether you want to do it or not. So a lot of embassies around the world, they don't really have any idea how many of their citizens are living in the country unless for some reason you register with them or you have a problem and you need their help and then you will know. So you need to basically tell them. Because of this, it's really tough to determine how many expats or expatriates there are. The United Nations has estimated that 232 million people live outside their home country or 3% of the world's population. But not all of these would be strictly considered expats or foreign experts that are living and working away from home for a specific period of time. So some people have estimated that the number of foreign expats is probably closer to about 67 or 70 million people, somewhere in there, is probably the amount of expats. You know, there are many reasons why somebody might want to choose to live and work overseas, um, you know, why they might want to work and become a branch of the subsidy company they're working for. Maybe maybe they might decide, you know, that I want to go work overseas. I, I, I want to have this opportunity. My family does. You know, some of the primary reasons why people would pursue an international career could be the experience of living and working overseas. Some people really love it. They enjoy it. They, they want to live and work overseas. Uh, the responsibilities they'll receive overseas, meaning that they may receive more training and um, you know, overseas. Uh, the nature of the global environment and the things that they'll learn by becoming an expat. So, you know, the reasons why people go overseas is as varied as to the people that come overseas. I know, um, you know, having seen it myself, you know, that people come overseas for lots of different reasons. You know, either A, they really enjoy it, or or two, they like the work, or three, simply their company sent them, and they're just coming for a specific period of time. You know, but being an expat is not always easy, and I will be the first one to tell you this is not everyone's cup of tea, meaning not everyone can be successful as an expat. You know, often it's the spouse of an expat that has trouble adjusting to living overseas due to the culture shock or the loss of their social network. Sometimes the children have a really difficult time coping in school or a new environment. You know, for some of them, it might even be something as simple as a food. They can't handle the food overseas. Um, they might be miserable in school. Or it could be that they have special needs and there is no education system to support a child here with special needs. You know, some of the expats find their living conditions or the food 
uh, that they've you know, been forced to endure to be extremely difficult to tolerate. And this can even be true, even if they are living in some of the best places of any place in the country, because usually the expats have pretty good housing. They might find it extremely difficult to even tolerate that. You know, not everyone can be successful as an expat. So that's why there's a term known as expat failure. And this has been coined to be able to uh, define an employee who turns home unexpectedly to their home country or is reassigned because they cannot handle work overseas. It's estimated that 7% of all expats are, um, have what's known as expat failure. But that doesn't really take into account those expats who maybe um, they were just so upset, they said, you know what, I'm just resigning. So they left. So they basically resigned, left, and went home. So I believe the figure probably is much higher than that percent. Because there, I've seen a lot of people who are just like, I'm unhappy. I don't like this work, um, work environment. I don't like what I'm doing. And I'm just going to find a new job and go home. Or they get offered a new job, so they go home. So, you know, there could be a lot of reasons why. From my personal experience, those expats that I have uh, seen or failed to return home, it's usually due to family or personal reasons. A lot of times I have seen where the husband loves working and being overseas. He's busy. He's doing things that he never thought he would do. He's absolutely loving his new position. And then you have a wife who used to work, who's no longer working who was used to being busy, used to having her own friends, used to having her own life. And suddenly now, her kids are in school and she's sitting at home and she's miserable. She's not happy. And, you know, so a lot of times she's just like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. No, we're not going to be expats anymore. No, we're going to move home. You know, other times I've seen where couples gotten divorced. And so, you know, the wife has gone home and the husband stayed here. So, you know, there could be lots of reasons why expats fail or why an expat will not be successful, you know, as an expat. And the reasons why are as different as the expats themselves. And a lot of it has to do with the country. Like some countries are much harder to live in. Like, you know, for some of the countries, you could be worried about your safety. You know, if if every day you're worried about going out, you're worried about a bomb under your car, you're you're worried about being able to cross the street, your kids have to have armed guards to go to school. That is a really tough, tough situation to be in. So, you know, a lot of it depends upon where you're an expat, um, what the company is, and a lot of it just depends upon where you're living and working. I myself feel pretty lucky because I've been an expat in Hong Kong, China, Thailand, and Vietnam. Relatively easy places to be an expat in. Relatively comfortable, you know, they don't worry too much about your security, your safety. Um, it's pretty easy to find great expat communities in those places. It's great to be able to, um, you know, find foods and other things that you want. You can travel, you can go to the beaches, you can, the local food is great. And there's lots of other um, great restaurants and lots of entertainment and lots of things to do. So for me, I feel like I was relatively lucky in that I always found myself a great community as an expat. So you might ask, well, okay, now we know what an expat is. It's somebody who's living and working overseas for using a specific period of time or, you know, better known as a foreign expert or an artist or somebody who's needed to be overseas for some reason. You might ask, well, what is an immigrant? Well, an immigrant is not the same as an expat. You know, an immigrant usually goes overseas to become a citizen of the new country. 
They have no plans to return to their old country, and they usually give up their passport and citizenship of that country, or they become dual citizens between both countries. And they, you know, basically gain citizenship with a new government and new people. This is very different from an expat, you know, um, where it's, you know, going to a country for a specific period of time, does not plan to make it permanently their home. And where an immigrant's a person who plans to stay in that country for the rest of their life without any intention to move back to their home country permanently. This doesn't mean they may not go visit their home country. They may go back there. They may have family there, friends there, and others. But they usually have no plans to go there permanently and are making their life in the new country. Once a person is immigrated to a new country, then they go through the process to become a citizen of that new country. And then they will be considered like as a local citizen. You know, this is very different from an expat who's always going to kind of be the foreigner who's living and working overseas because they're only temporarily in the new country and they're regarded very much as a foreigner. You know, so, so, so you know, one of the main reasons why somebody you know, who's maybe an expat, They maybe they might marry somebody from the country where they're working. So they may decide to immigrate there, or they may decide to get a passport there, or they may decide that their children will. So they become, you know, they don't really become so much of an expat anymore as they become more like an immigrant. You know, so an immigrant's really used for somebody who plans on gaining citizenship of a country where they're going to live permanently. You know, an expat usually has no intention to do this. And if they do have an intention to do this, then they will become an immigrant and they are are really no longer quite an expat as they once were. You know, now I want to talk a little bit about a refugee because we're seeing this now in Europe where we're seeing a lot of refugee crisis going on because of uh, things happening in Ukraine and Russia. And you might ask, well, what's the difference between a, a, you know, refugee or a immigrant. Well, you know, refugee essentially is somebody who's been forced out of their country, usually for political reasons. You know, it could be somebody that's been forced out of there for economic reasons. Maybe they're starving to death or just not able to um, to survive. They're not able to provide for themselves or their families. And it, you know, um, can also be for political reasons where, you know, in the case of Ukraine and, and Russia, where they've basically been forced to because of the war, because of safety, uh, because they, um, you know, their house was bombed, they had no place to live anymore. So they suddenly now have become what is known as a refugee. The definition of a refugee is actually very clear. It's a person who's been forced to leave their country in order to escape war, persecution, or natural disasters. You know, so so basically, the main difference between an immigrant and a refugee would be an immigrant usually chooses and says, I, you know, I want to go immigrate to Canada, for example, you know, which, which a lot of Asians do. I'm going to pay the money. I'm going to go immigrate to Canada because I want to go live in Canada or I'm going to immigrate to the United States. I'm going to immigrate to the United Kingdom. You know, so, you know, this, of course, is very different than a refugee who usually is not necessarily choosing to live, leave their own country, but they're forced to leave their own country because of war, persecution, and natural disasters. And refugees usually, in, in these type of cases, as we've seen a lot playing out on the news, are coming with very little with them. Sometimes just a small backpack, a small bag, because they've had to quickly leave their home. They've had to quickly escape. They literally were running out the door for their lives. 
And so this becomes very different. Now, a refugee could turn into an immigrant, meaning that you know, if the situation goes on uh, very long and they may end up finding themselves where they're going to have to immigrate to another country. Or a refugee may decide to be a refugee for a period of time and then go back to their home country. So, you know, a refugee doesn't necessarily mean that they'll automatically immigrate to a new place. Um, For many refugees, it does because they have no choice. They can never go home again. So they have no choice but to immigrate or to find a country that would be willing to take them as an immigrant, and then they make their life there. Or, you know, some refugees may hope that it's just a situation which will go on for a period of time, and then they can return to their own country, their own homes, and their own lives. This, again, is very, you know, different. The two can be very, you know, different in that an immigrant can choose, you know, to immigrant and decide that they want to become an immigrant or they want to become a citizen of that country. Or an immigrant can also be forced to because they were a refugee and they were forced into a situation where they had to change their citizenship and where they had to become an immigrant because they had no choice for their own personal safety. This is really important for us to all understand because it's it's part of being sensitive towards people that are overseas. You know, not every refugee is there because they want to earn more money or have more of um, economic prosperity or something. You know, not every refugee chooses to become a refugee. You know, sometimes we sort of have this feeling that if someone's a refugee, it's kind of like they left because they wanted more money. That's not necessarily true. Not everyone who wants to leave their own country. I have a friend whose father was a high-ranking military officer in Laos, and he ended up in a, a prison camp and basically was forced to have to leave Laos. Would he probably wanted to stay there? Probably. He was a high-ranking official. They had land. They had money. They had, you know, lots of things. Instead of, you know, going to the United States and spending the rest of his life working in a factory. So, you know, a lot of the refugees, too, you know, they maybe were, you know, doctors, lawyers, scientists, um, other things in their home countries, and now we're driving a taxi. Maybe they're working in a restaurant. Maybe they are... um you know, basically having to spend their life doing uh, manual labor, which they never had to do before in their own country. So I think we need to be very careful and sensitive when we see someone who is a refugee or someone who is an immigrant, that the reasons why may not always be as easy as we think they are. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed our Dusty Roads podcast and subscribe to our channel. We'd love to have you also read our blog, A Bus on a Dusty Road, be part of our community and to live your life as a global citizen because that's what it's all about, living our life as a global citizen. Thank you so much for listening. We truly do appreciate your support because we know it's with people like you that make this possible. Thank you.